Welcome to the Weddings Assholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through common F-ups we see companies making. And the practical strategies that you can implement today. This month's topic is closing more sales. And in this episode, we are figuring out where marketing your business ends and the sales process begins. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode one of the Wedding Sassholes. We made it. Episode one. (laughs) Episode one, we're here. It is (laughs) official. We are getting going. So tell me why you think closing more sales is a good place for us for that to be the monthly topic we start with. I feel like that's where a lot of people struggle right now is after doing all the marketing and doing all the legwork, how do they actually close it? Does that make sense? Like how, what's the next step after you get that person to inquire or anything? Like what's the next step? How do we get them to pay us and be a client? Yeah, I think leads are coming from so many different places right now. Of course, you know, when wedding professionals are marketing, they're marketing on social media and paid online listings and on referrals and all of that stuff. And so the leads are coming from so many different places. Does that happen in your business? It happens a lot. And I actually, a few years ago, tried to, I know that like everyone has a sales funnel, but I tried to also funnel down from all those platforms to one, um, one way to communicate, if that makes sense. Where do you drive all those leads to? I drive them all to an inquiry form or directly to our email because honestly, it's keeping up with like the different social medias and everyone having usernames that aren't their names gets really confusing trying to keep up with the clients and their their username being, you know, redhead123, but her name is Christina. You know, it's hard to keep track of all these things. Um, so I try to lead them all to the website to a lead form which will grab the basic details um, so that we can give them a proper estimate, check our availability, get their contact information, try to make it easy, but it's it organizes it for us, but it also makes it easy to grab all the information from them so they're not having to keep answering questions, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think- So that, I try to lead them all to the lead form or directly to our email. I think that the difference, this is one of the ways that you and I are very different because- um, you as a solopreneur, Vanessa and her company, Sweet Miss B, she is an army of one. So she is the marketer, the baker, the salesperson, the delivery machine. I mean, she's got some support there, but she is the army mm-hmm. of one. So it's really important as a tiny small business to funnel those leads to one manageable place. Where, as I think if you're a wedding pro, that is maybe a little bit more advanced. You've got some more support staff and some more people on your team it might really make sense to be able to not have to funnel them to work those leads in different places. But I think you correct me if I'm wrong, Vanessa, but I think we both agree that it's about making sure we capture the right information, no matter where you're working the lead. Yes. I think it's very important, no matter where you're working the lead to get the important information. Obviously you can keep asking questions after the fact, but especially if it's the venue, the date, and how many people, because that'll better help you no matter what, if it's DJ florals, wherever you have to know the venue, you have to know the date and obviously the people's names. Um, but I think those, those are the main things that you want to capture, but going back and forth and asking, you know, is it plated? Is it going to be this? What are your colors? That doesn't have to all start from the very beginning, but capturing the basic information that's super important to check your availability and to check the pricing, I think are the two main things. Availability and pricing 
to make sure it's good for the client and for you? I think this is such a hot topic because in the world of marketing, we hear a lot of the times that the less form fields that there are for people to fill out, right? Like you've done all this marketing, you drive them to some form of contact form, whether it's on your website, whether it's a separate landing page, you know, whatever that information is. I think that we have heard time and time again that less fields is better, right? But Mm -hmm. in today's world that we're living in, I feel like some of the more established wedding professionals are getting too many leads, And we can get a little bit more detailed with the field. So yes, I am a fan of the bare minimum if you're trying, maybe if you don't have a lot of leads in your business. So if you're marketing and you're like, I need more leads to work and I don't want to overqualify them, I would agree. I think names of client, phone number, email address, um, date, specific date. Now I disagree if you're a venue, I don't think you should be asking the date. I could, I think you should say, do you have a specific date in mind? And then maybe have a checkbox saying, are you flexible on your date? Cause for a venue, they might, they, venue is different. Yeah, yeah. They might be picking a date just because you're asking them to pick a date, but that might not be the specific date that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I do think you have to think really category specific, exactly what information do you need? And I think the venue, if you're not a venue, I think knowing the venue is a huge one. Why do you think that, why is that important to you? So for me, it's really important because if we already have things scheduled that day, if, if the venue that they are, that they have booked with is down the street, like literally we have a couple of venues that are literally less than two minutes from each other. So for me and our business, if that venue is very close to around the corner, then we can take that additional event. But if it's a 45 minutes away from everything else that we have, it helps me determine the time that it's going to take to get to one to the other. And if we actually have the availability, because we might have two weddings on a Saturday and we might be able to take the third because it's just around the corner, but I can't take a third if it's over an hour away. So it's, it's easy for me to look at what we already have on the books and to determine driving times for myself and the drivers. Um, and that'll determine the availability. Cause like I said, if it's around the corner, then we can take an additional, but if it's, you know, way out of the way, yeah. then no. And unfortunately with some of us, and I'm not saying this is every um, type of vendor, but we do have driving radiuses or delivery radiuses. Right. You know, we don't, we, we don't service all of Florida. We service central Florida, but again, we do service central Florida, but I'm not going to do a wedding that's over in say paradise cove, which is going to be South Orlando past Disney, and then do something over in New Smyrna area. I'm not going to do those in one day. Yeah, so that for those of you not in our central Florida area, that's a, they're about an hour and 15 minutes away from each they're other. They're about an hour and 15 Pretty minutes away. Far. We service both. They are both central Florida. We service both um, places, but I'm not going to put them on the same day because it's just physically impossible to get to both at the same time. Yeah, um, I think Especially if we already have one, one like more east- if we have more weddings on the East Coast, I'm not going to take something on the West Coast. Right. That just doesn't make sense. I think it's important for people to evaluate not only distance, if you can do multiple weddings in a day, like cake, florist, um, thing mm-hmm. categories such as that. But I also think it's important to know, to be able to accurately quote, because different venues have different little things about them. And maybe you're a DJ and that venue has a really difficult load in and their stairs. So, you know, you need to schedule two people instead of three, or maybe it has 
we have this here. I'm sure this is the same across the country, but maybe it has like a cobblestone road. And if you're a cake baker, you and might not be selling a four-tier cake yes, there and you yes. might be recommending only a two-tier cake. Well, and we have, and this is, I'm sure nationally, we have venues that are just difficult to get into, like just delivery-wise, yeah. no matter what you're setting up, florals, DJ, you know, catering, doesn't matter what you're what you're providing as a service, but it's just difficult to get into the building itself because mm-hmm. parking is not directly next to it mm-hmm. or it has elevators that you have to have security for. So knowing all of these things and knowing your area of what you're servicing helps out a lot. Yeah. It helps out tremendously. And it's key to we ask obviously the still venue. Love these venues. Right. Yeah. It's- we obviously still love these venues, but that also helps us know timing wise, how long does it take to get into this, you know, example A, place that doesn't have parking next to it, doesn't have um, full access elevators, as opposed to a venue that you can just pull up to the back door. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it makes really good sense to make sure we're asking that venue on the contact form specifically. And then one of the other things that I see a lot of times is that um, vendors and companies and wedding pros don't on that form ask the question when they ask for a phone number, is it okay to text? And while I know that texting is a hot topic for wedding pros being like, I want to give people access like that. And that's fair and that's fine. But I think that it's important for companies to know that for you to actually be able to just initiate text, you actually have to get permission. As a business, it's against the law for you to text someone as like from a selling perspective, not so much an already booked Mm -hmm. client you have. But from a selling perspective, you can't text them without asking. So that's always something I really recommend you know, as they're getting into your funnel and maybe they were somebody who's a really active conversation in Instagram DMs and you were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, that means they're probably really strong texters. So I always recommend on that inquiry form specifically asking about, is it okay to text you and just having it be a checkbox? And if they say no, it's a no. But if they say yes, that's an opportunity for a way for you to follow up with them. Do like a preferred way of contact and then have different options? I actually hate that because as the true salesperson (laughs) that I am, I don't give a shit what your preferred form of contact is. I'm going to find you. I'm going to email you, call you, text you carefully and respectfully. But I feel like if you collect all that information and say, what's your preferred form and that they're not responding. And with email, it could be that your email went to spam. Like you don't know, maybe you do a lot of email marketing and your emails are often the abyss of their inbox. And but mm-hmm. if you've asked them what's your preferred form and then you don't respect it, and I never respected it. So I always took it off the form. <laughs> I feel like it makes you I look don't like have a, it on mine. I feel like it makes you look like an asshole if you ask it and then don't follow. I have it. I asked for their contact information, yeah. but I do not have a preferred way of contact on there. I don't ask. No. It's it's you get to you get to deal with how I prefer it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because what if you're really Sorry. busy and it's easier to just pick up the phone and call them and ask the quick question. But if they said only contact me by email, then I think you limit it down. Mm -hmm. But also we have so many clients, like I understand that planning a wedding, you have, you know, set vendors, but we have multiple brides or in grooms and couples. So we can't, I can't, I don't have time. I'm sorry to look in your file every single time and figure out what your preferred was. I no, And I don't have the memory space for it. So I got to go through it as quickly as possible. So what do you suggest as like required fields on an inquiry oh, form? Oh, that's a hot topic because I think that you should really only require the information you have to have. So I think phone, okay. I mean, 
I don't make phone required. I think name, email, date, and venue in my world would be required. I think that if you would need to add things that are really specific to what you do, that is information you need on the front side, then like I've seen inquiry forms that say, is there a specific package you might have been interested in? I always Mm -hmm. make it choice and always have the option of, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because if you force them to pick one of the three, maybe you really think they need that and they don't know the answer. I also hate on the Mm -hmm. forums when there's a big box that's like, tell me more more. What the hell is more? I think you need to be really specific of what information you're looking for. As somebody who worked at a venue, I'd say, you know, is there something specific you're looking for in the venue or what's the most important thing that is a must have at your venue? So that way they could answer that question. And if they answered it in a way that didn't meet what we had, I could almost use it as more of a qualification rather than it being just mm-hmm. a box I mean, how many times you go on a form and it says notes or more info. And you're like, what am, what am I supposed to put here? And it's not, it shouldn't be a required field, but then they fill out nothing. No. Oh, t- uh, we get that all the time. There's, yeah, all the time we get nothing. Right. Um, so for that, do you think that directly after they fill out the form, they should be able to schedule an appointment or a call directly after, or should they wait for you to contact them to schedule those things? This is going to be something people don't like my answer, but I'm just going to be honest and tell you how I feel. (laughs) I think that in today's world, when we're talking about where does marketing end and sales begin, I think that if you have done a really stellar job of your marketing, meaning they're finding you on social media or your website is banging and it just has all the information they need where they need it to be, you've got your packages and pricing and things on there. I think depending upon your category, of course, I think that all clients should have the opportunity to skip a contact form and go directly to an appointment. So meaning if in 2022, you are not using some kind of appointment booking software, there's a lot of great ones. There's Acuity Scheduling, there's Calendly. Many of the CRMs have its own booking software. So I think that Mm -hmm. if you've marketed like fucking rock star. I hope you are. You're putting energy and time and writing captions and selecting great pictures and all of that. And you've, you know, written this amazing listing on so on any of the listing sites. And the, by the time mm-hmm. they get to you, they're like, yes, I want more. I think they should be able to skip a contact form and you should really, the ultimate goal for most vendors is the appointment, is the conversation, is the, so I think you should have a contact form. But I really think the call to action on most sites, depending upon what you do and what your process is, but I think- Your category. Your category. And I know you have to check availability, but I also think if they filled out the form, you can ask the same questions on an appointment form that you would on a contact form. And if they fill out for an appointment on a date you don't have available, you could easily just respond from there. So while I do love a good contact form, I- think that being able to book an appointment, I've tried and tested this with at least 10 different companies in the industry where they can skip that step. You're asking all the same questions on the appointment form, but rather than you waking up to leads that you're then chasing, right? You then have filled out the lead. They filled out the lead form and now you're calling and emailing and calling and emailing to try to get an appointment. They wake up in the morning and there's freaking appointments in their inbox. It's like, a much faster process, but I know it doesn't work for everyone. What do you think about that? Hot topic. I <laughs> love hate relationship mm-hmm. with it. I do have the contact form and I, 
I request that they fill that out first so that we can check availability because I feel bad having to call them after they've booked an appointment to tell them we are not available for their date. That's fair. So it's, so in actually we have a booking system on the website and they can book automatically without filling out the inquiry Mm -hmm. form. If they find that, you know, if they find that form, they can book it automatically. But what I do is when I see it come through, if I don't see that they already have a client file with us, which means that they filled out the inquiry, I call them and ask them to, you know, the, the basic information. And I tell them, you know, can, can I get the, uh, the date, the venue and such to, to check our availability? Cause I would hate for you to come all the way in for an appointment, a tasting, like, cause we customize them for you. I would hate for you to come all the way in for a tasting just to be told that we weren't available. So can let you- me just check all these things before you yeah. come. And, and make sure that we are in fact available. But it also says that on the booking system, it says it like a little pop-up pops up and it says, hey, have you already filled this out to check our availability? And then hopefully they fill that out first. But that's me because we do cakes and we can only do yeah. so many. Can your system as a part of the booking appointment, can you customize that form? Where rather than having them have to fill out a separate or you have to gather the info, can you collect it at that point? The, the system that we have, it only asks them for their contact information. It. it doesn't ask them for any other details. Perfect. So that makes but it sense. Does, it does let them, it does let them connect to the calendar right. that of open availability for, for appointments, appointments, but it doesn't show them the availability for events. If that, that makes, makes sense. Because Absolutely. like I said, I can't post the availability for events it depends. because again, mm-hmm. It depends on where your venue is and what we already have booked that day. So I don't want to leave it as, oh yeah, we have availability on a Saturday to take one more wedding and then them assume that because they're down in St. Pete, we can take it, which is two hours away. Right. Just for people who don't know. It's two hours away. I don't have that availability. Right. Absolutely. But if you're 30 minutes down the road, then I could do it. So I don't have it on our website for that particular reason. Cause again, I don't like calling people to tell them we're not available. Thank you so much. Um, but we don't have that available. So I rather them fill out the inquiry so I can check it first yeah. before going through the whole process. Yeah. And let's talk about, because I think um, depending upon where you're at in business, Vanessa and I are both huge proponents of having some kind of what you've probably heard referred to as CRM, which is a customer relationship mm-hmm. management system. Sometimes people use acronyms and I'm, it takes me three years to figure out what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> But it's, I call it client relations. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, um, but it's having some kind of like system where um, I use Dubsado, Vanessa uses 17 hats and it's having that availability to link your inquiry form so that rather than them filling out a form on your website and then you have to take all of that information and then input it into a separate system and do all of that. The CRM really has that availability as you're managing a customer. Like Vanessa said, it creates that customer file for you into your system. Mm -hmm. And some of them have automation you can do around it. You know, you can kind of move them through a funnel inside of the system. How important do you think a CRM is? So when I first started, I didn't, I didn't purchase a CRM because I didn't have enough clients that I thought I would need one. But as I got busier, I saw the benefits. So for me, it shows me every email that has ever gone back and forth. It puts it in their file so I can easily find all the emails and communications. You can put in their phone logs. You can put in files. So if they send you reference photos of any kind, florals, you know, displays, decor, whatever, you can save it to their file. So it it really just helps um, 
pull everything together for that specific client, it has their contact information, has their invoicing, their estimates, it has their contract, everything all under one file so that you don't have to try to organize all these things or have separate files on your computer. Mm -hmm. And it also gives the client access to all those things. So you don't have to keep sending them their contract or sending them the invoice. It's all in one and it automatically sends, it'll send an update as soon as you do that. Um, and it also puts it on your calendar. So for me with the 17 hats, the inquiry form on our website directly connects to the 17 hats. And as soon as they fill out the inquiry and put their venue date, or I'm sorry, their venue and their date, it puts it on my calendar as a possibility. So it automatically shows up. So when I get the new lead form and I click the calendar, it shows my weddings in blue because I color coordinate because mm -hmm. I have OCD. Of course. And then it shows the new lead in bright red to show me my, my full calendar instead of me having to go back and forth. It also alleviates having to have paper calendars, to be honest. So you can check anything anywhere and see what events you have coming up, which I think is really great. I think that, um, that but I just, I really like that it's all in one spot. Yeah. I think it saves so much time and I agree with you. I think there's a spot in business that it takes for people to, um, really have the necessity for that. Cause I, I just had this conversation with an amazing, she's a live event painter. And she said, everybody keeps telling me I need a CRM. And I would say that it's not about the number of weddings you have on the books. It's the number of leads you have coming in. So some new businesses start and are more of an organic growth. Maybe they don't have a huge budget for advertising and they're not putting themselves everywhere. And they're not chasing all of that. And so they have more of an organic growth strategy. So the number of leads coming in is manageable. But once those floodgates open mm -hmm. and you start to, I think the there's this moment as a wedding professional and as a new business where the leads are coming, new leads are coming in and appointments are coming in and all the weddings you've booked, they all are starting to overlap. And that's when it starts to be time. like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's new leads and new pieces and new stuff. And so... But I do think as we're talking about inquiry forms today, and that's really where when your marketing process ends and they get right into your funnel through that form, I think having it as a system, I mean, I started my career guys with, we used to print every paper lead because the venue I worked at, although we had an amazing hotel system called Delphi, the, the quantity of leads that came to our venue because we spent so much money marketing, it didn't make sense for us to input them into that system because sometimes those not leads or wedding wire leads or leads from other sources, they would never convert to anything. So you have to figure out the best mm -hmm. system that's really going to, you know, work for you overall. So what do you, we're going to wrap up with one more big question that I think, and I'm not sure how you feel about it, but what do you think about having the form on more than one page on your website? I think you can do that, but I think it should correlate directly with the page that they're on. So for example, we do cakes and desserts. If they would like to do, they would like an estimate for a dessert bar, then that's the inquiry form that should be on that specific page of the website. How many people do you have? What does that look like? But also I think when you have basic pricing and that also helps with people with inquiry forms um, for bookings, that is, we have our bookings page. There's an inquiry form, but it's really not an inquiry form. It's to book your own appointment. Um, I think it just depends on what page and what they're looking for. So I think with that, you should alternate your inquiry questions with whatever page that you're putting it on. So if you offer 
DJ as an example. Mm-hmm. If you offer DJ services, but you also offer photo booth, if they're looking for just one and not the other, and they're on that specific web page, then I think that's the only thing that it should entail in that inquiry form. Specific. That I love sense? that. And I think that that's, yeah. I think that works really well. I think the hard part is when people and so many wedding professionals offer more than one service. I think what happens yes. is when yes. you do all this marketing through pages on your website and then you drive them to a contact page, right? One page that says contact. I think sometimes you lose them with the extra click. I mean, my web team is consistently telling me less clicks, less clicks, like less places they have to go to get to what they need. And so we tested Uh in a lot of places with a few of the different venues and vendors I work with. You know, if you're on the gallery page and you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you're like, I love this, we dropped a contact form at the bottom of the gallery page. And it just was like, hey, do you love these? Are you ready to take the next step? Rather than them getting to the bottom and being like, okay, now I have to go to a contact page. They don't, especially because the world is so mobile. So when you sit there Mm -hmm. and you're on the page on the phone, you don't really want to have to click to another place to do another thing. So I'm with you, but I do agree that the question should be specific to kind of where they've landed on the site. And I also think you can, by customizing that form, you can make it a little bit less trackable. I mean, a little more trackable. But I think think the, the easier you make it for them to get information, the better it is. So if you have your basic pricing on your website, awesome. That always helps weed out people. But I think also with the inquiry forms, just just make it the easiest as possible for them to get information. That's what they want. If they have to work for it, you're going to lose them. I mean, short attention spans. You know what I mean? You have to make them work for it. They're they're not going to keep participating in that. So I think the more information you give them up front and the easier you can make it for them, the better. I try to make my whole process as easy as possible for my clients. And I tell them that everything is digital contracts, quotes, accepting them, invoicing, everything is digital. So you don't have to hound me to send you an invoice. As soon as you sign the contract, it turns into an invoice. So the the easier you can make it and more streamlined, I think the better. I love that. So what as we've talked through all of these different ways that you can make the changes and updates to your inquiry form, um, when Vanessa and I talked about doing this podcast, we decided that we <laughs> want to end each episode giving you some swag, which is a few action items to put onto your to-do list. So you've listened, maybe you've been listening to this episode in the car while you're on a run and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. What am I supposed to go do next? But but what does the SWAG stand for? So Shannon? I think SWAG has like a legit acronym, but we have it stand for, it's the shit we all get. Like it's the shit, the shit, we, the all shit get. we all get when we are at, a, when you go to an event and they give you SWAG, it's just the shit we all get. Whether you keep it, throw it away, need to use it. It's something you can implement right away and use or not. We're yes. here to share it. So we're going to end each episode with just a few little SWAG items for you. So, all right, Vanessa, what's one of the swag items that they need to go do? Okay, so your homework for the week is to go look at your inquiry form and see exactly what information you are currently asking for. So I want you to do like an audit on your inquiry form. Yes, and see if there's based on anything we talked about today, if there's any way for you to make it a little more specific or today you're like, damn, you know what? I wish I was able to gather this piece of information and go update your form. Okay, second piece of swag is take a look at your website. And I mean, I pray you're looking at analytics. We pray. But if you're not looking at, but if you're looking at analytics and you go in and see, man, people are spending a lot of time on the gallery page or even on the about page. 
what are what is one other page on your website that you can add a form? I just want you to test it. Take that same form or customize the form like Vanessa suggested and let's put that into your website so you can see if that will convert more leads on the site. All right, Vanessa, the last, you're mm-hmm. up. What automation can you add on the backside of the submission? So example, if they have submitted the form, what is the next step that automates that can give them more information? So if they have just filled out a form, do you have a frequently asked questions email that immediately goes to them and says, hey, thanks for pulling this out. Here's a couple of our frequently asked questions that um, most of our couples ask in the meantime, before we can get you your estimate or get back to you, just more information. So what can you automate to give them a little bit of information, but to also buy you some time to respond? So what can you do to educate them? Because I think that's a big part of anyone's job Mm -hmm. is client education. The more that you can educate them, the better the whole transaction will be. So what can you do to automate that part of the submission that will give them information and also help the sale? Absolutely. I do think that there's an opportunity there as wedding professionals when they are submitting forms on Friday at six o'clock or Sunday morning (laughs) at 10 a.m. and you're finally maybe don't have a wedding that day and you're like, I am off today. Give them something, maybe have them follow you along on your Instagram or Behind the scenes. Go see behind the scenes scenes or go find other pages Mm -hmm. on your website. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of do that touch point rather than just whip off an email being like, your email is safe and sound in our inbox. That's lame. That's not somebody I'm excited to work with. So what can you automate? Every single form anywhere you send it can automate an email. So I think that's a great. So your three is take a look at your current form and what info. See if there's any other place on your website you can add a form and then think of one piece of automation that can go when they finish that inquiry form all the way through. Mm -hmm. That's your homework for the week because we've got hot topics of things to talk about next. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So if you feel this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or made you laugh, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend. And stay tuned for our upcoming episodes this month. Close more sales without being pushy. How to minimize those maybes. And tips to getting paid faster. Now Now go go make make epic epic shit happen. happen.